Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, and then Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8. Today we're going to talk about Scripture alone, sola scriptura. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to the Scriptures alone, to the glory of God alone. And so today we're going to talk about sola scriptura, or uh, Scripture alone. All right, the importance of the Bible, what we believe in regards to the Bible. And um, it's going to be good for us this morning. All right, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. Ready? Read. Four. Good. Now, Isaiah 40, verse 8, please. Uh, let's read everybody together. Ready? Read. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God. Oh, I love it. The word of God, not the word of Pastor Ronan, not the word of Elder Brown, not the word of Eugene Wilson. The word of God will stand forever. Long after I'm dead, the word of the Lord will abide. When we're no longer here, the word of the Lord will remain. Let's pray. Father, bless this time that we have in your word. As we sit at your feet, minister, Lord, I pray the milk and the meat thereof. I pray that, we, that your people would be edified and your name be glorified. Touch my lips this morning, that it would not be my word spoken, but your word alone that goes forth in power. Give us ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the grace to apply. And this we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted amen and amen. Be seated. The teaching sola scriptura, the principle of scripture alone, really has to do with one simple thing, and that is the sufficiency of the word of God. When we talk about sola scriptura, we're talking about uh, the fact or the reality that God's word, the Bible, is enough for us. Enough to live by, enough to stand on, enough to preach from, enough to correct, to teach, to, re to reprove. This is our source for all things pertaining to life and godliness. This morning there are some things that I think are going to challenge us from the word of God. Watch 2 Timothy, give me the text. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 says, all scripture. Notice it doesn't say some, all scripture. Everybody say all scripture. All scripture is breathed out. That word in Greek is inspired by God. All scripture is inspired by God, not man by God. God used men. He anointed men. He breathed upon them. But the word is what is inspired. Men are inspired many times by God. God's spirit comes upon us, moves upon us. And thank God for the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. But the word of God is what is inspired. I'm grateful that those men that God used are no longer alive, but the word is still alive. It is living, it is active, and it is sharper than any two-edged sword. The men that wrote it, the men that God breathed upon are no longer here, but his word yet remains. Why? Because his word is inspired. Somebody shout hallelujah. All scripture. Somebody shout all scripture is inspired by God. And then, watch now, and then the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy and he says, not only is it inspired by God, but it is profitable. Please hear me. It is profitable. That means that you and I profit from the Word of God. Not only is it inspired, or once you believe that it's inspired by God, then that's when you begin to profit from the Word of God. 
I'm amazed at some folk in Christendom. They want to profit, they want to prosper, but they don't want anything to do with the Bible. They never read it. I want you to consider what the Spirit of God just dropped in my heart. Just a simple analogy, just a simple question. I said it to the first service, it bears repeating. If we were given an announcement that God himself was going to be at Abundant Life Church to talk to us, would you want to be there? If someone told you God in the flesh is going to come sit on a throne and he is going to speak to us, would you say, ooh, I need to be there and listen? Would you want to listen to what he has to say? Are you sure? Then why don't you ever read his word? Because everybody that said, yeah, I'd be there, I wonder then, do you hear his voice every day? You see, that Bible that's in your lap, the word of God is the voice of God. And we say things like, yeah, if God was there, I'd want to listen. You sure? Because everybody that said that you'd be there to hear the voice of God, if you're not opening your Bible every day, then what you just said isn't true. If you want to hear God speak, grab your Bible, open it up, and you will hear his voice. Let the church of God say a resounding amen because the word of the Lord is the voice of the Lord. If you believe it, shout hallelujah. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. If you want to hear the voice of God out loud, then read your Bible out loud. God speaks to us through his word, by his word, and his word alone. I need to go quickly. Number one, let's skip that first. No, number one. So how then do we define sola scriptura, the Bible? The word of God is inspired and it's profitable. It's profitable for teaching. It's profitable for correction. It's profitable for all doctrine. So how do we define it then? If we're going to say scripture alone, then what does that mean for us? This is what we mean when we say scripture alone. It doesn't mean that the Bible is the only book that contains truth. There are scientific facts that are also true, but we're talking about things that pertain to life, godliness, and our salvation. So don't come at me and say, well, it doesn't talk about this and that and the other everything what it does talk about is everything necessary for you to be saved everything necessary for you to live a life that pleases God all of that is right here somebody shout it's right here look at your neighbor and tell them neighbor God's word is God's voice now tell them this say neighbor everything you need is found in his word if you believe it say amen So sola scriptura means firstly that, please hear me, that scripture alone is the authority for the faith and practice of the Christian. Scripture alone, God's word alone, is our authority for matters of faith and practice of the believer. That's what we mean when we say sola scriptura. Secondly, when we say sola scriptura, we mean that All truth that is necessary for us to be saved, our salvation for our spiritual life, our walk with God, it is taught right here in our Bible. And if it's not taught explicitly, then it is implied by the word of God. There's a lot of saints that look for loopholes. Well, does the Bible say it black and white? I mean, do I have a little wiggle room? And once you start to look for that wiggle, you in trouble, my brother. All scripture, the word of God alone, not the word of God in your opinion, not the word of God in what your tatarabuelo taught you, not the word of God in what you believe apart from it. 
God's word alone. Martin Luther said, unless I'm convinced by the testimony of Scripture, by the clearest reasoning, unless I'm persuaded by the means of the passage I've quoted, and unless they render my conscience bound by the word of God, I cannot retract. Martin Luther was being threatened. Listen to me. They wanted to kill him in Rome because he said, hey, we are bound by the word of God. The church in Rome was saying that the Bible wasn't the ultimate, and ult uh, the ultimate authority. It was the Bible and. The word of the papal office. It was the Bible and indulgences. It was the Bible and the tradition of the church. Or it was the Bible and the church itself. If you study the Reformation, if you go back in history, you will see that, that those who apologize for the teaching that the Bible is not authoritative only, those that argue against the Bible alone, they say it's the Bible and the authority of the church. Now the problem with that is, is that the church is made up of fallible men. Nobody said amen to that, but it's true. I hope you love your pastor. Pray for your pastor. I hope you respect and honor your pastor. But your pastor is a man that bleeds like you do, breathes like you do, fails like you do. And so God forbid that we say that the church or that we elevate a church to the level of God's word. No, our ultimate and final authority is the word of almighty God and God's word alone. Somebody shout amen in the house. The Bible declares itself, watch, the Bible declares itself to be right from our text. God breathed, that means it is inspired by God. The Bible itself says that it is inerrant, that means it is without error and without contradiction. The Bible itself says it is authoritative. That means that it is our authority, it is a worthy standard to follow. I learned a song as a child, ready, it goes like this, the B-I-B-L-E. You're like, you can't sing. I don't care. This ain't, this ain't American Idol. The Father loves how I sing. Hallelujah. We learned it as kids, right? The B-I-B-L-E. Oh, y'all don't know it. If y'all don't know that song, you're not born again. You need to get saved because you're going to go... Come on, you remember? The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. Then it goes, I stand upon the word of God, the B-I-B-L. Y'all didn't hold that last E. If you don't hold that last note, you ain't really born again. You just, you might come to church, but you're not holy. If we believe that the Bible is God's word, if we believe that it's authoritative, then that means that it is the highest, put it up there, it is the highest and supreme authority on any matter which it speaks about. Now, this is difficult for us because what it means then, number two, we have to talk about what sola scriptura does because what it means then, put it up there, this is what it does for us. This isn't just some dogma that we stand upon. This isn't just some idea. When we say scripture alone, we're saying that God's word is authoritative over us. That means that it has the power and the right to govern how we walk and how we live, what we do, how we worship, how we follow. Everything that forms and fashions the believer's life is found in the word of God, not in the traditions of men, not in the ideas of the religious. It's found right in the word of God. 
It's no coincidence that after the Bible was published and copies and transcripts became public, became available to the masses, the Reformation began a year after that because the church in Rome, please hear me, they told the people, you don't need a Bible of your own. We will tell you what it means. Be careful if any preacher, I don't even if it's me, if they come and tell you, you don't need to read the Bible on your own, I'll tell you what it means. You need to, if I ever say that or if anybody else comes up here and says, you don't need to read your Bible, I'll tell you what it means. You run, 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 forest, run. Oh, if anybody ever says, the Bible says, but I think, I told the first service, I'm going to say it again. The moment a preacher says, well, the Bible says this, but I think that, that's when you say deuces. And second service understands what deuces means. First service has a bunch of old people, but y'all are cool. I'm kidding. Don't tell the first service I said that. It's between us. If any preacher ever comes and says, well, the Bible teaches this, but we think... Well, I know what the Bible says, but I believe that's when you say deuces. I'm out. Because if you're not preaching and teaching what the Bible clearly says, then you don't have anything good to offer. Because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Even faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of doesn't say the word of Pastor Joe, the word of Pastor Rona. No, faith comes by hearing and by the word, by hearing the word of God. Tell me what God says. Come on, somebody. Tell me what God says. Remind me what God says. Not only that, me for myself, I need to learn how to feed myself every day. It ain't enough on Wednesday and Sunday. I need the word of the Lord every single day. When I wake up in the morning, I ought to get into God's book instead of logging into Facebook. When I get up in the morning, I need the word of the Lord. I need it like food. I ask people all the time, did you eat today? Yeah, I ate, I ate multiple times today. And then I ask them, have you eaten spiritually? Have you fed your soul? And they say, no. I haven't done it today. And I say, how is it that you don't forget to feed your body, but you forget to feed your soul? This is not about being legalistic. This isn't about saying, oh, well, do I really have to read the Bible? Well, do you really got to eat every day? When we say sola scriptura, what we're saying, ready? This is what it does for us. This is the effect of that. Once you say, okay, this is God's word and it's sufficient. Once you believe that, then you have to believe the following. Sola Scriptura keeps our personal opinions where they belong. They put them in their proper place. Sola Scriptura keeps personal, please hear me, personal opinions under what God has already said. That means that your opinion never takes a priority over what God has said. Because there are a lot of us, and even in our own, even in this church, I've had people come to the office and say, well, pastor, I know what the Bible says, but I think, eh. Pastor, I know what it says about this, but I think. That applies to the pastor all the way down. The moment you say, I know what the Bible teaches, but I think, what you're saying is that God said this, but your opinion is higher than his. What you're really saying, even though you're scared to keep it 100, what you're really saying is, I know the Bible's God's word, but my opinion is better than his. What you're saying is the all-knowing, all-powerful God, he's given me his word and his will, but what I think or what my tata taught me is better or more wise than what God has said. 
Now, we all have things that we've been taught, right? Creencias, beliefs that we have, and they stick to us like Velcro. I get it. But once you begin to study the word of God for yourself, and once you begin, please hear me, when the Bible collides with what you've been taught, what you've been told, or what you even believe, then our responsibility is to say, I got to lay what I think down because God has spoken already. I know you weren't going to like that. That's okay. Sometimes you say amen, and sometimes you say, help me, Lord. Some of y'all are looking at me. You're mad dogging me because you're like, your opinion. Ooh, your opinion. It's like, man, it's Obed even trumps God. Mm. Well, when you're wiser than God, you come let me know. I'll come to you every day instead of going to his word. Are you following what I'm saying? Shout hallelujah. Somebody shout scripture alone. How many believe that the Bible is enough for you? Come on, wave at me. If you, it's enough. It's God. Somebody shout, it's God's word. If you believe that then, then check your opinions. Your opinion, it doesn't take priority over what the Bible clearly teaches. Secondly, sola scriptura points us back to what God, please hear me, what God has revealed to us already in his word. It's already revealed it. Thirdly, we're almost done. Sola scriptura not only points us back to God's word, but it points us back to God himself. And when we talk about God himself, we're talking about the one who always, somebody shall always, he always speaks truth. He never contradicts himself like we do, and he is always dependable, unlike us. I would need you to help me preach this now as I bring it home. God, somebody shout God. God always tells the truth. Come on, he never contradicts himself, and he is always dependable. You can count on his word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of the Lord shall abide forevermore. He always tells the truth. He never contradicts himself and he's always dependable. You can stand upon it. You can stake your claim on it. It's the word of almighty God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say hallelujah. Now preacher, you're telling me that the Bible's more important than my opinion? Yes. You're telling me that God's word trumps what I think? Yeah. You're telling me that God knows better than me? That's exactly right. You're telling me that it's always dependable? Always dependable. Never lies? Never lies. Never fails? Never fails. Oh, but we fail to apply it. I tell people all the time, are you, if you would just do, check it out, if you just, just put, it, put it into practice and you'll, you'll reap the results. You see, people are like, Pastor, my finances are struggling. I said, okay, you got, you, got, you got money issues? Yeah, I got money issues. I said, all right, well, let's go see what God says about money. I said, all right, so we go and we look, we read, and God says, okay, all right, okay. All right, if you do this, and I'll do that. So I tell the people, so we read, and then I'm like, okay, all right. So God says, if you'll do this, then he'll open up the windows of heaven. He'll pour, he'll pour you out a blessing. You won't have room enough to contain. He says that he'll be a hedge of protection around about your family. He says that he'll rebuke the devourer on your behalf. Okay, and so, wait, wait, wait. So then I say, do you, how does that sound to you? Does that sound good? Oh, that sounds amazing. Man, open, open windows of heaven, open over me. Yeah, oh, sign me up for that. All right, a hedge of protection around my house. Well, sign me up for that. Oh, he's going to rebuke the devourer when he comes to my house too. Well, sign me up for that. Okay, all right. But then, but, but, but then when it gets to the part to, to doing what God says to do, no, we don't want that. No, we want open windows, but we don't want to do what he told us to do. We want the blessing, but not the obedience. Are you hearing what I'm telling you this morning? But God is faithful. He always speaks truth. He never contradicts himself. He's always dependable. 
So as I close, number three, consider what sola scriptura demands from us. This is what it demands from us, church. Ready? Number one, that we base our spiritual lives on the Bible alone. On the word of God alone, nothing else. It means that we must base our lives, build our lives around it because it'll never fail. It'll never fail. It's so true. And, and, it's, and it's that mirror, man. Let me tell you something. You know, what, you know, what I, you, you know what's a trip? Uh, ladies, let me talk to the ladies for just a moment as I, I'm almost done. Ladies, how many of you know that there are skinny mirrors? Why y'all come to church and act like you don't know what I'm talking about? Y'all look at me like, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, you do. How many know there are skinny mirrors and... Ladies, uh, ladies, talk to me now. Uh, no, not, not just the ladies either. Men, men are vanidosos too. Men are conceited too. Come on, help me now. My brother's like, not me, man. Not me. You got the wrong guy. I'm going to keep it real. I lost a little bit of weight. So I would shop at the big and tall, right? I mean the big and burly. I've been rocking husky pants since I was a kid. We were little. My, my mama, she used to call us niños grandulones. I still don't even know what that really means. Someone said that ain't even really a word. I don't know. Grandulon, I think, just means like fat. Is that what that means? No. <laughs> you just hurt my feelings. No. So back in the day when we were little, before we, before we got old enough to go to Miller's Outpost, ooh, that's a throwback. If you know what Miller's Outpost is, oh, come on now, Anchor Blue. Y'all ain't help me in here. Beyond Baggy, now Skinny Jeans is in. Before Skinny, we had Beyond Baggy. The style was you couldn't even see your shoe, only the, only the front. And if you were a real G, man, the whole shoe was covered almost. But before that, my mama, she used to take us to go school shopping, back to school shopping in August. My dad hated it. He'd fall into a deep depression around that time. He did. He's shaking his head, but he, I'm telling the truth. Three boys, come on now, back to school shopping. They take us all at the same time. So my mom would take us to Target because we were, we were young. We were little. You know, we, she'd take us to Target because she, we had to go to Target to buy our jeans when we were little because Target was the only store. That sold, ready? Husky. You see, we went, no, it wasn't yellow. She'd take us to Target. No, Yellow Mart sold Levi. We couldn't afford Levi. No, we had Target, and they were Husky. So we were whatever size we were, but it had an H next to that number. All the skinny people, man, y'all are looking at me like, what's that? It stands for Husky for us chubby kids. So I used to shop, I, I, used to, I used to go to Big and Tall, right? And, and, I, and one day I went, I, I went to Big and Tall and I was trying something on. And, and I realized real quick, the mirrors in the dressing room, you don't know what I'm talking about, Pastor Joe, so don't look at me with that judgmental face, forget you. Skinny self over there. So the mirrors, the mirrors at the Big and Tall dressing room, I noticed right away when I went in, oh, they're skinny mirrors. Well, how do you know? Because my face was all long. I'm like, wait a minute, what? My cheeks had disappeared magically. <laughs> so I went out of the dressing room, looked at myself, and I'm like, oh, there they are. I'm serious. 
Shame on these people. They know we're big bone. They know we're grandulone. And they have the audacity, the unmitigated God to put skinny mirrors in the big and tall. And we know we big. You ain't got to lie to us. Shout amen if you know what I'm talking about. They try to encourage us, minister. They're going to put some skinny mirrors in the big and tall dressing room. Here's the thing, though. Here's what skinny mirrors do to you. They lie to you. Junior, come. Skinny mirrors lie to you. Oh, it ain't that deep. I know, but I'm just using this as a real simple analogy. The word of God isn't a skinny mirror. Let me tell you why Snapchat blew up. Let me tell you why social media blew up. Instagram and Snapchat. Let me tell you why they blew up. Ready? Because of a thing called filters. And some of you older saints are like, you see, I don't understand what you're talking about. I ain't got it. Okay, well, the younger generation will. You see, they're successful and they always will be because they allow people to put a filter over what's really there. I'm preaching better than you're amening right now. You see, Snapchat allows the women's eyes to be three times bigger than they really are. Y'all ain't helping me preach in here. Ladies, y'all look like you want to crawl under your chair. I see. Y'all better be careful with those filters. If you ever go missing, we ain't going to find you because nobody knows what the real you looks like. Shout hallelujah. Y'all better chill with them filters because if you ever go missing, we're going to be like, well, do we have any pictures of her? Yeah, here they are. I'm like, uh. They're going to walk right by you and be like, no, that ain't her. Eyes five times bigger. My Lord, I mean. Eyelashes longer than a spider. I promise you. Just rosy cheeks, skinny faces. see, the creators of those filters knew, y'all ain't, ain't going to like it, the creators of those filters know the nature of us. They knew the nature of men. And that is this, we prefer to filter. It's easier to put a fake cover over what's really there than to see ourselves in the mirror of God's word for what we truly are. And the Bible, listen, and the Bible is a word that shows us our condition not to tear us down, not to destroy, but it shows you a reflection of who you are so that you can come and say, God, by your word, I pray that you would wash me, cleanse me, change me listen to me a real friend ain't gonna lie to your face baby they gonna tell you come on help me ladies they gonna tell you girl that skirt is hugging you in all the wrong places you don't want to wear that a real friend's gonna tell you don't wear that outside it ain't looking right come on it's clinging it's clinging in all the wrong way but if you find somebody that loves you they gonna look you dead in your face and say oh so if you come to the word of god don't expect for it to lie to you don't expect for it to tell you what you want to hear. When we come to the word of God, it's going to show you, uh, it's going to show you who you are. But not to kill you, not to hurt you. But to encourage you. Hear me, hear me. 
and to show you a better version. Forget a better version to show you a new creation. Oh, I need you to clap right there like you believe. I need you to clap right there like you believe that God's word will trans. Come on. It changes us. You're not. Can anybody testify? Can anybody testify that you're not a better version? You're a new creation. The Bible says if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and all things have been made. Somebody shout hallelujah. Word of God, stand upon it, believe it, trust it, it's reliable. It'll never fail you. Can take it to the bank. His word is true and it endures forevermore. Let the church of God say, Amen. Hey, read it, learn it, love it, devour it. And more than that, see yourself in it. And ask God every day to wash you. Renew you through his word. This might be old school for us, but we need it in the year 2019. Dust that Bible off. It's bread for your soul. Dust it off and read it every day. Well, I don't know where to begin. Read the gospel of John. Start in the gospels. When you're done with the Gospels, go to the book of Psalms. And then if you want daily wisdom, read the book of Proverbs. If you want to know how it all began, go to Genesis 1. If you want to understand the Gospel, go to the book of Romans. If you want to know what's going to happen in the future, go to the book of Revelation. If you want to know about the Holy Ghost, read the book of Acts. Want to learn about sinful church folk? Read First and Second Corinthians. It's time that we stand upon God's word and exalt it over our opinions. Here's the application. It's simple. Scripture is sufficient. You don't need to go outside of anything that you find right here. Because if you go outside, what you're saying is God's word isn't enough. I just read that Walter Mercado died last night. How many know Walter Mercado? Look at you. Some of you are afraid to raise your hand. Like <laughs> Walter Mercado, you don't know Walter Mercado? Puerto Rican? No, you, you don't. You don't know Walter Mercado? Creepy guy who used to stand in front of like flames and he put his arms out. He died. He died. He died. I'm sorry. Maybe I shouldn't have said creepy. It was creepy to me. Sorry. I was going to say something. I'm not. Some of y'all look like you used to watch him and call him up anyway. <laughs> hey, hey, some of y'all are new to the things of God. That's cool. Let me encourage you. Get your Bible. Read it every day. Really? That's, yeah, it's enough. But I'm dealing with marriage in my, issues in my marriage. Read the Bible. If, well, if you need direction, hit us up. We offer the discipleship classes. Sign up and attend so that you can grow in your faith and begin to learn the word of God. It's enough. You don't need anything more. Everything you need in your life is found right there in the B-I-B-L.
Somebody shout, Scripture is sufficient. Do you believe that? Are you sure? All right, so here's the exhortation. What's that? Here's, here's the challenge for you. Ready? Trust. Believe. And receive the word of God as the word of God. Don't leave thinking, well, that's just past. That's just his. I know it's God's word. Govern your life by it. Pattern your life by the word of God. Keep it as your rule and your authority. And I leave you with one little gem that I posted on social media a while back. Ready? The Bible says is always greater than the Lord told me. Does the Lord speak to us? Yeah. But never outside of what the word says. And you got to train yourself how to say the Bible says more than you say the Lord told me. Because the moment that what you think you heard contradicts what God has already said, one of y'all is wrong and guess, guess who isn't wrong. Somebody shout, it's the word of God. Somebody say, it's the word of God. It's enough for me. One more time, say, it's the word of God, and it's enough for me. Clap your hands if you receive the word of the day. Come on. Come on. Come on and give God a praise for his word. Come on. It's the word, the word, the word, the word. How many love the word of God this morning? It's the word. Everybody stand. I'm going to challenge you, second service. I want you to read your Bible every day. Every day. Oh, every day. <laughs> I'm going to challenge you. For 30 days. What day is it today? November what? Third, right? So is it third? Okay. Every day for 30 days. Everybody say 30 days. Well, let's just do this. Let's just do this. For the month of November, every day, I want you to read your Bible. We're already three days. Well, today you've done some reading, so today you're cool. Y'all ought to be happy. You're like, oh, whew, thank you. Okay. All right, today you're good. All right, you read it today. Uh, but you got to make up for two days, so I want you to just, just, just read two chapters, all right, for November 1st and 2nd. Okay, and then tomorrow, somebody shout, tomorrow, tomorrow's day four. Every day this month, I want you to read your Bible. You're like, well, only this month? No, silly. But you got to start somewhere. I ain't tripping. I know. If I tell you, read your Bible, I want you to swear that you're going to read your Bible every day for the rest of your life. You just might fail. It's like getting on a diet. It takes time to develop a new habit. Get a Bible, put it on your nightstand right next to your cell phone. You sleep with that cell right there. Y'all ain't help me here. Put it right there next to your cell. And instead of reaching for your cell in the morning, reach for your Bible. Somebody say 30 days or the rest of November, just the whole month, all right? How many are willing to take the challenge? Wait a minute. I keep, keep it up. I want to see whose hand is down. Uh, I think I see some hands in the back that ain't going. Okay. All right. All right. I was going to say, wow. We need to talk to me after church. We need to talk about it. Will you lift your hands with me? So now I pray the love of the Father, the fellowship of the Son, 
and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all Christ's people.